Welcome to the Well Fuel Podcast, your spot for everything gut health, detox, hormones, a healthy home, mold, and everything in between. I'm your host, Isabel Smith. I'm an integrative and functional registered dietitian and the founder of Isabel Smith Nutrition. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Well Fuel Podcast. I'm Isabel, and I'm your host. And today I'm coming to you live from my own red light sauna as I am working on my own mold history. I'm going to talk to you guys about how we work with clients. One of the advantages we have here is that we have practitioners like myself and Sydney on our team who both have had experience with histamine and mold. As we talk all the time with our clients about the power of the practitioner knowing and what you're feeling like, you know, I feel like it's a superpower. A lot of times we sit around and we're like, oh, why me? But in this case, I feel super grateful, as always, for my entire journey, but especially with this stuff. So today, you know, this week we're talking about mold on our feed, and I wanted to take some time to talk to you guys about what does it actually look like if you have mold, if you're trying to heal from mold, like how does it really go? Because I think there's a lot of people out there, a lot of influencers and, you know, folks out there who are like, this is how you do it. And I've seen some pretty scary stuff, from, even from some pretty well-known practitioners, vis-a-vis clients, new clients, or current clients with their protocols that they were given or the recommendations they were given. Kind of cringeworthy. So that, you know, has, as always, led me to be thinking about how can we better educate and what can we do to better help people here? So mold is one of these things that either practitioners know about or they don't. I had a conversation with a client yesterday who was discouraged that her practitioner really like didn't know about it. The practitioner didn't poo-poo it, which I think is the first step, but I hear a lot of people either being gaslit by practitioners when they mention mold or the practitioner just doesn't know. At this point, my feeling is if the practitioner doesn't poo-poo it, that's a positive, frankly. And, you know, if we can have somebody at least be open-minded to learning, the best uh, place to point somebody I find who is either wanting to learn about mold or doesn't know about mold and is at least open and curious is actually to Neil Nathan's book, Toxic. Neil Nathan's book, Toxic, gives a lot of good background and instances of people with mold, toxicity, and with environmental illness, um, Lyme, and, and you know how they all play together. It's a really good background read, both for consumers and practitioners. Now, for the consumer, you may find yourself hopping through various components of, of the book, but it's a really good read and gives a lot of good background, especially if you're you know, the patient and your practitioner is like, I don't know, I want to know, or I'm curious, where can I look? Point them towards the book Toxic. Another question a a client asked rather yesterday or last week, actually, was that their practitioner was curious about it, wasn't familiar with the binders, where is their research? Mosaic Labs, which used to be Great Plains Labs, has information just on the web about binders, efficacy and is is backed up by a lot of research there's a caveat to all of this which is that you know as a provider as a practitioner we all kind of have favorites and choose you know modalities that we think we work that work best both through anecdotal data as well as through research so in addition to the research we also have the data that we've collected those of us who've been doing this for a long time like myself And uh, Sydney and us here, for example, we've been doing this for a long time. So we know typically what's going to create problems, what may be easier to tolerate, what works better, what doesn't, et cetera. So 
we layer that on top of the clinical data. We're always, I'm always checking, you know, various different species of mold versus what, you know, types of binders are used. I find that practitioners who don't really know what they're doing will just assign kind of like a blanket, you know, find a, Binders actually, if you're sitting there going like, what are binders? Binders actually go in and literally bind the mold that's in the body. 25% of people can't um, break down mold in the body. And those are typically the people that come forward with some kind of mold toxicity or toxicity issue. Generally, mold is not the only problem. But what we do here is we, uh, if we suspect somebody or somebody like wants to get a test and we think it's within reason, we'll limit that test if we do not think it's within reason. So we're not just throwing tests at everybody who who reaches out. But we'll test. There's a couple of different companies we like to use. I will typically only do a mold test on the front side, whereas there are other tests that have mold and heavy metals and environmental toxins. I find that the mold is the most valuable thing to look at. We treat it if it's positive or if it needs treating. And then we on on repeat, we go back and check the mold against other environmental toxins as well which gives us a better picture. Now, if somebody's being treated for mold, some of the binders and clays and charcoals and other things, depending on the species of mold, will have some effect actually positively on heavy metals and other stuff in the background. So some some work can be piggybacked on top of each other. But the work is very nuanced. And one of the things I really love in Neil Nathan's book is when he emphasizes that, you know, we really don't push through mold treatment and mold detox, we actually kind of just tote the line between between being not enough and too much. We really don't want to create more inflammation in the body. We really don't want to make more chaos in the system. We really want to be making sure that we're taking care of our bodies as we do this. So when somebody, we get a mold test taken and we pick the one that we, you know, think is the most beneficial for the person, um, we move forward there. And then, you know, we'll get the results back. And, you know, I got a test result back yesterday on somebody who I know they're more positive than I'm getting back. So I'm actually going to treat it as, a, as such. That is, with all tests, the power of a super informed practitioner. Because it's not as, as clean cut as mold test comes back positive and I get treatment. It's not. It's rarely that simple. We need to assess the full picture, decide what's right to treat, what's important to treat, in which order we treat, and make decisions based on both the person's feedback. It's like 50-50 test and feedback. So when Sydney and I here at ISN are doing testing of any sort, we're looking not only at the test data, but also at the anecdotal data and understanding and, and ascertaining kind of the fuller picture. So this patient's test I got back yesterday wasn't overwhelmingly positive on the, you know, on the test itself, but this patient is having a lot of issues that would indicate to me that there's actually more in there. I did not provoke the test in this case, meaning that I did not push detox before I had the person take the test. So there's usually more in there than I get back, and I read it as such. And sometimes we do get exactly what we're expecting to get, and sometimes we get more than we're expecting to get. I've had situations in which I've had husband-wife combos, and the husband is really not like overtly symptomatic, but his test level is crazy high and the wife is super symptomatic and her levels are lower. Um, mine, way back when, when I first did the test, I actually literally just took my follow-up to um, the UPS. I think we might be having some mold here in our house, but which is why I redid it. My test wasn't like screaming, but I was screaming, right? So, so that's the beauty 
of somebody who really knows the territory, knows knows what to look for, knows what to expect, and what to ascertain in this process. And that's really the benefit of working with somebody who really knows what they're doing, because um, we really handhold along the way during mold toxicity work. We're really careful with how we do it, what we do, how the person feels, supporting the person, et cetera, et cetera, because um, this work is not easy and we definitely don't want to be pushing the system too hard. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to do it in a very like organized manner. We start one binder at a time, depending on which species come back, depending on how the person's feeling, depending on how they're detoxing. I find when somebody's in a moldy space, they are more likely to have trouble with the detox, whereas if they're out of the moldy space, they tend to detoxify better. That's actually one of the ways over time that I've learned to ascertain that somebody may be not in a moldy space is if they're, and this is not always the case, but it's it's something that I kind of, along with a lot of other stuff, look for. You know, when I'm thinking about what's going on in somebody's body, I'm also kind of experiencing with them the detox process and seeing what that feels like. If somebody can detoxify pretty quickly, it'll only take a few months to do the work. But if somebody is having a lot of trouble, it does take longer and we have to support the system. Oftentimes, there's either other fungal issues, candida, persistent SIBO, and other stuff behind the scenes that needs to be treated. But the mold itself, if we can move through, it is not a particularly long process. It's a few weeks. So, you know, it's it's a it's a piece of the puzzle. It's never the standalone issue. But these are some of the things that, you know, we would work through as we work with somebody on a, you know, mold treatment protocol. Uh, we do a lot of this work and we're finding more and more issues uh, with environmental illness as we work with our patients. So if this is you and this is like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel like this is something I need to do, please reach out. You can book a free call with us um, in our link in bio and social media or shoot us an email, hello at Isabel Smith Nutrition or hit the contact form on IsabelSmithNutrition.com. But I just wanted to give you a little insight into how my brain works here and how and how we work when it comes to mold and mold toxicity. As always, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time right here on the Well Fuel Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Wellfield Podcast. We're so happy to have you. To make sure you don't miss a beat, please subscribe either on Apple or Spotify because we have episodes dropping once or more a week with tons of great content. If you want to make sure that you're up to date on everything we're doing in the business with our clients and new offers and all the things, make sure that you check us out at Isabel Smith Nutrition on Instagram and IsabelSmithNutrition.com. See you guys soon.